The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dane and Derek. I'm your host, Derek, uh, obviously. Uh, by now you probably know that I make movies and play a lot of tabletop games. And as usual, I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Dane. Hey, uh, I'm Dane. I'm a writer and a lover of music, podcasts, tabletop RPGs, and also movies. Yeah. Um, which, as you can see from today's title, we are going to talk about our top five most anticipated movies of this year. Derek, I have a confession. Yeah. So we, we our friendship began mostly through film. Yes. Um, we did the Bold International Film Festival together. Um, you know that I, I have a lot of love for movies. Yeah. Um, I have more or less stopped watching them though. Oh dear. Yeah. 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 Um, like I'll still watch a show. Um, I don't know what's happened. I, I don't know if it's like my attention span, but I don't think that's it because I can sit and play a video game for way too long. Or, uh, I got, I downloaded, um, the Marvel unlimited thing uh-huh. um, and i read all of the star wars comics in like three days um uh. <laughs> you know like i don't it's not my it's not my attention span um something has happened with me in film i i, I don't know where but we s- have sort of broken up um and i don't i don't know why like i still go see movies occasionally but almost exclusively i go with my partner gracie um uh it's like a thing like we go to the movies and it's way more likely that i will see a movie if i do that otherwise if it's a movie it usually has to be a movie i have deep deep love for like the lord of the rings or the star wars films or um moonrise kingdom for example or like but i don't like the last movie i went and saw that was just kind of like outside of the norm wouldn't like kind of was like way more like what you and I used to watch and like do a lot of interaction with was the green knight. Um, Uh, And that was also the first one I'd seen like that in Uh years, like years. Um, so like making this list and being honest, um, was really hard because like I saw a bunch of movies. I was like, Oh, that looks fascinating and interesting. And, I'd love to put that on my list, but I also was like, I'm not going to see that. Like, I'm just not, I'm not going Mm. to see it. Um, part of it, I think has to do with the fact that I don't really have someone to go see them with. Uh, Gracie is not an art house film person. Um, like she just did like, yeah, she hated the green Knight for all of the reasons you and I loved some, all the reasons you and I really liked it. She hated it on top uh, of hating it for the myth reason. Uh, um, she just, that's just not her thing. So I, I, I don't know if it's like I stopped going in college cause I couldn't afford it or I don't know. So yeah, this was really tough for me and I'm going to have the most laughable list possible. So I hope you're ready. Cause I was yeah. honest. I was like, these are the movies I think I'm actually going to see this year. You know, I think that's good because it means you're actually anticipating them. I definitely, I mean, there, there's a ton of like 
blockbusters that are supposed to come out this year that I probably won't see. So I didn't put them on my list. Uh, and yeah, um, I totally get that. I think it's, you know, movies in this day and age are in this really weird space of either being big show-stopping blockbusters or being super art house. We've kind of lost that middle section of in-between movies that are kind of like, you know, like we, we, we've lost our speeds, our matrixes. I mean, even though there was another matrix movie that came out, uh, that we lost, count. you know, I think I, I don't know. I think we haven't lost them. I think they're just a little different. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. Like we've, I, like I think house of Gucci kind of strikes me as that where yeah. it's definitely not art house. It's like, um, they're just like, <sighs> we, we've lost some accessibility to some of these movies, I think too. Yeah. I, th- I think that's really the thing. Cause like, if you don't have like every single streaming service, it's hard to find some of these movies. Like I just watched this great movie. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's okay. It's called ride the Eagle. It's starring Jake mm-hmm. Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been wanting to watch it for like all of like 2021. Never got around to watching it because it's on Hulu and I didn't get Hulu mm-hmm. until last week. So like, yeah, it was kind of difficult to uh, watch it. And and that's just kind of the world we, we live in. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, also too, like, I mean, taste change, man. Like letterbox told me that pretty much all I watched last year was anime. Yeah. Uh, no, like I, that was it. <laughs> here's the thing. Something I, I've realized and I've just kind of been thinking about this is like it's really hard for me to watch a movie in some senses because it's like genuinely I sometimes don't feel like I can handle the tension. Mm. Like, yeah, especially of an art house or complex film. Um, yeah, especially one that I can't handle. I, I I don't think I can handle like dark endings right now. Yeah, no, I like, guess I, I, I don't think I can do that. Um and with a lot of the films that I used to really love, I had no guarantee of a happy ending. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, like we don't live in a very happy cinema kind of world right now. Like we're, we're getting some of it, but it's mostly blockbusters. Not like very, there are very, I think there are fewer and fewer indies that are like that. Um, but Ooh, the one I can think of was is um, recently um, Jane Austen's. Yeah, Jane Austen wrote uh, Pride and Prejudice and Emma. Right, right. I just I'm a little sleepy. I just need to. I just need to remind myself. Um, I want to say because if I'm wrong about this, I I will feel horrible. Da, 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 da. Uh, Google, come on, brain. I I know you're right about this. No, just give me. Her yes, it is Jane Austen. It is Jane Austen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sense and Sensibility, yes. Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, Emma. Yeah, Persuasion. Yeah. Um. Uh, Emma was adapted pretty recently, and that might be the closest to one. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that adaptation. Um, but like. Also, after like 
Green Knight was like my step back into it and I got like burned, you know, like, yeah, it's a rough film. I watched it for a second time in theaters and it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think probably believe the last movie I saw in theaters was the new James Bond. Oh, I saw that pretty, I saw that too. I did not enjoy that movie. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not. It's actually, I don't, I don't really think there's anything wrong with it as far as a Bond film goes. Right. Um, but I, wow, I'm just airing all of like the things oh, that I've just, I'm sensitive lately about is, uh, guns like, oh I, yeah, like guns have made, have started making me more and more uncomfortable. Like we got out of the movie and Gracie looked over me and was like, you okay? Like you were just tense, like halfway starting, like halfway through the movie, you know? Yeah. And yeah, there's just been like kind of. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot. Um, man. Okay. Well, I have some wrecks that that I'll, that I'll wreck to you off mic after we go through these that might, you know, scratch that itch that might be a little less stressful to watch. Uh, cause like, I definitely feel you on the stressful movies. Um, yeah, I, I mean like when I moved to LA, I stopped watching action movies for about two years. Cause I, I like witnessed a really bad car accident. And so it was like any sort of action movie. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't like, for me, it's like the sound effects. And I think the bond film definitely does it really messes with the sound. So I totally get why it's it like it, they, they mess with the sound to make it more tense. And so I totally, totally get that. Um, but Let's hop into our top five anticipated movies of 2022. Um, I'll go first if, if you don't mind. Do it, yeah. This is a movie that I really want you to watch, um, mostly because like we, we love some other work. Um, this movie is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's going to be playing um, at South by Southwest this year, and mm. it is stars Michelle Yeoh as a Chinese-American woman who sets off on a mundane task, finishing her taxes, and ends up traversing the multiverse. Right, right. I yeah. actually saw a trailer for that, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's... Huh. Yeah. Huh. Like, this looks way... This looks bonkers, you know? Like, it is bonkers, yeah. Honestly... And it's by the Daniels. Nice. Okay. They did I, They did interesting ball. Okay. Yeah. See, I think, I think with that, I may want to get it spoiled for me and then go see it. Um, mm, I mean, spoilers the enhance the experience. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I do not give shit about spoilers at all, at all. Like I, I, you know, I, you know, uh, I use the phrase to each their own when it comes to spoilers. I, I think if the movie is, you know, like I'll, I'll put it this way. If I'm going to watch game of Thrones, I want to know how it ends before I watch it. If I'm going to watch like, some indie road movie. I don't want to know how that ends. You know what I mean? I like, could see that. I here's my here's my feeling about it. If if a movie start it is is no longer enjoyable at all because you know what's coming, that's not a good movie. Yeah, that means there's not there's something wrong with it structurally. Yeah, you know, there's not enough meat, right? Like the biggest twist in cinema history, everyone knows. Vader is Luke's father. Everybody knows that. It does not yeah. make Empire Strikes bad that everybody knows that. 
Oh, that is a great point. Right. That is a great point. Um, well, or like to go back to anime, like most anime is also manga. Yeah. And I almost exclusively read and then go watch after. So it's like, I don't know. Not surprised. I am not surprised about what's <laughs> happening in Demon Slayer right now at all. I'm just not because I'd already read it, but it's fucking rad. So yeah, um, that's a, that's the, the trailer for that movie looked just really cool. And it looked like the sort of thing where I was like, it, depending on how this goes, I might not want to see it for those like tension, like all those reasons. But if I could find out and then see it, like just the spectacle and like, fascination i think that would be amazing you know yeah 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 so yeah everything everywhere all at once playing at south by which is probably going to be virtual so uh you can get tickets get tickets but what's your what's your number five number five dr strange and the multiverse of madness um second multiverse movie hey hey um, yeah, uh, I will say don't spoil Spider-Man for me because I have not seen it yet. <laughs> I really enjoyed I I did enjoy that. You did um, enjoy it? OK, that's yes. good to hear. I've heard really great things. Yeah. Um, this is the Raimi one, right? The, multi- no. the Doctor Strange one is the Raimi one. I don't know. I don't know who directed is directing this one. I don't rarely do I do I concern myself with who's directing a Marvel film there. Um. I have a soft spot for Doctor Strange in particular um, with uh, similarly, I have a soft spot for uh, the Atom from DC. Uh, oh. I have a soft spot for uh, actual medical doctors who become superheroes um, huh. just due to my own history with medical stuff. So oh. I really, I really enjoyed um, the first Doctor Strange. I thought it was like kind of underrated. I actually enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I, I think he's like very witty and funny and I enjoyed watching him. I also know I'm going to have a kick-ass time because Gracie's like arguably eh, definitely in the top three favorite superheroes is Scarlet Witch. So any movie that's going to have her, uh, she's going to have a great time. So looking forward to that. Very fun. Yeah. Very fun. Okay. My number four, I guess, is yep. Belle which is the new uh, Mamoru Hosoda film. Uh, he did uh, Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Wolf Children, Boy and the Beast, Mirai, Summer Wars. Uh, it's a film about a high school student that becomes a globally beloved singer after entering a fantastic virtual world. Huh. It's like Beauty and the Beast meets video games, and it's the they're mixing like 2D, 3D animation. Um, he also did the a bunch of the Digimon movies uh, back in the day. Um, so like, yeah, um, I, I love a lot of his work. Uh, his work struck me at a time when I really needed it. And so I think mm. I'm a little biased in that regard. Um, but knowing his films, I think you should 100% go see Bell because I have a feeling it'll have a great ending. Um, have you seen any of his other work? No. Oh, man. You... You might like a lot of his work. Uh, I would recommend all his movies to you. Okay. Uh, You're going to have to make yeah. me a list. You're gonna have I will make, make you a list. a list. Yeah, I'll make you a list and I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. What's your number four? Uh, 
we're going for multiverse movie number three, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's coming out next this year. Yeah, it is. The first oh. Spider, the sp- first Spider-Verse movie was just so fucking good. Yeah. Every I will defend that movie every day to my dying breath. Beautiful, fantastic fucking movie. That one. Um. So I'm ready for another. It does not. I like it does not have to be as good like it just doesn't and I don't know if it will be um I think it'd be very hard to do that but I'm just in I'm in I'm in just even for the art style alone you know yeah no yeah 100% I didn't realize that was coming out this year that's great yeah I'm I'm very excited now (laughs) yeah uh man good stuff good stuff yep Okay. okay, so our number three is shared. Number though, three, right? yes. Our number three is shared because we both we we both talked about our lists. Well, we both talked about my list very briefly, which to see if there was any overlap. And sure enough, there is one overlap, which is Thor, Love and Thunder, our boy Tekka YTT coming yep. back to direct a fourth Thor movie. Um, Wait, hold, oh no, he didn't do all four. I, I, he just did the last. No, these, yeah, these past two. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's coming back for his second Thor movie, the fourth in the series, which is wild. I think it's the only Marvel. I think it's the. I think it's one of the only Marvel of like the individual superhero like trilogies to have a fourth. It is. I think so because Iron Man only went to three. Cap only went to three. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange is on what two, two. or three, and then Ant Man's on two. Um, Spider Man went to three. Spider Man went to three um yeah so it's the only one to go to four guardians uh, is going to three yeah yep. the only other marvel pro- uh, property that went to four is the avengers yeah um, so i'm really excited i don't think we need to say much more about it other than natalie portman's back yeah and uh jamie alexander uh is back as well uh so like a lot of fan favorites returning to the movie and Taika is one of my favorite directors. Yeah. So yeah. Like, Stuff Batman touches is gold. Yeah. So like I'm gonna, that one's a pretty no brainer. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. see that and I'm sure you will see that as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, on to number two. Yeah. On to number two. What, what, what's your number two? We'll, we'll flip it. Oh, um, we'll we'll flip it. Yeah, uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's also the, coming out this year, uh, as far as I understand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So many yeah. Marvel movies coming out this year. I did not realize that. Yeah. And so, like, that's the thing is that like, that's what Gracie and I mostly go and see in the theaters. Um, I you mean, know, good and movies so, to go see in the theaters. They're fun. Yeah. It's it's a little it's a little different. Um. Yeah. I. Um, Black Panther is probably my very favorite um, uh, in the MCU, at least, like absolute mm-hmm. favorite. And as a character and the movie was amazing. Um, I was genuinely heartbroken when uh, everything came out about Chadwick Boseman and what he did yeah. and how hard he worked to deliver something Um so iconic yeah and i'm i'm just i know it won't be that again and i know it won't be the same but i am excited to see more of that and frankly um 
more Afrofuturist shit, I'm in. I'm in. You know, yeah, and just Ryan, I I think it's Ryan Coogler who's directing. I, I think so. Um, I think and so. Ryan Coogler is fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, like he's also one of my favorite. Yep, yep, he's directing and he's writing. That's great. Yeah, nice. he's 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 one of my favorite directors. So, uh, All right, yeah, number two. My number two is After Yang by Koganada. Um, it's a it's an art house film. It's a real, real, real art house film. Uh, it's playing at Sundance, mm. and I'm gonna try and get tickets to watch it virtually. Um, but it's basically um, it stars. It's about like a uh, like like an AI android that uh, abruptly stops malfunctioning, and um, people are trying to like uh trying to uh get him to uh they're like they're, they're like trying to fix him basically mm. um and it's uh Koganata did Columbus which starred John Cho that was like an indie art house film a few years ago and this new film has Justin H Min in it and he is most notably known as being number 6 from the TV show The Umbrella Academy uh mm-hmm. and he's fantastic uh i'll watch anything with him in it um so yeah that's my my number my number two and what's your number one uh whatever you released this year oh yeah i was thinking about it i was like honestly as far as like straight up movies go what i am the most interested in seeing is whatever you make because that is you know it's a movie. It counts. So, yeah, that's Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. I'm I'm really humbled. Thank you, man. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Now don't disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I don't think my number 1 can compete with that. Um but my number 1 uh I'll go over it real quick and then we can hop back to to making movies and talking about movies and theaters versus art house movies. Cause that's a really interesting conversation, mm-hmm. but uh, there, there's another type of film called next goal wins. It's a sports movie about the American Samoa national football team. That nice. is like, it's, it's basically like any sports movie. They're trying to get to the world cup and uh, it's supposed to come out last year. It didn't, uh, they did reshoots in December. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. it comes out this year. We'll see. But to that point, I think it's interesting that that I, I, it's 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 interesting how like you as more of a film consumer these days, mm-hmm. you know, all your anticipated films for the most part are big blockbusters, right? Yeah, and then you have one film that is, of course, like a film by a friend who is you know a quote unquote indie filmmaker right Mm -hmm. and then uh, if you look at all my films they're all there's only one real like big blockbuster well i guess maybe two and then everything else is kind of like indie films made by directors whom i really admire yeah and i really like their work and i feel like we're in this weird phase of filmmaking where in a lot of ways like kind of why like people like youtubers right like like we like Sometimes we like a person's work more than we like their work, you know? And I think that's become increasingly more divisive within the film community. And that's contributed to a huge part of why, like, 
I think it's become a lot harder to watch indie films and art house films because if you're if you don't know who the person is, if you don't know who's in the movie, and you don't really if and if the trailer doesn't really give you anything that's like at least going to make you feel excited about it. Mm-hmm. It can be really difficult to convince yourself to go watch it because like unlike a YouTube or like like even like a podcasting medium there's a little bit more of a separation from art artist and consumer, right? Yes, yeah. It it's yeah, and I think that's something that I I haven't quite like decoded how to work around that, but like I think it's I think that is a contributing factor to why movies are very different now than they were like in the nineties. Yes. I will also add that um, it's really hard to over or understate the Marvel effect. Yeah. Um, I will. Okay. So here's, here's my, my take on this Um, as someone who consumes um, film, I basically it's always an event for me. Does that make Mm, sense? Yes. Like it is not like, Gracie likes movies, watching movies at home. I do not. And uh, something I, all, I I realized over time is that I never have. Um, I've never been a huge fan of like, like if I was bored, even during like the most film heavy days for me, I wouldn't pop a movie in. Um, that's not what I would do. Um, if I would, I would, I would watch a movie at your place. I would watch a movie at our, our my friend Dalton's place. I would go to the movie theater all the fucking time. Um, right. Going to a film festival. I would adore doing that. Um, and the thing I will say about you and your, your work is that's an event for me. It's a very small, very private event, but it is always very special because for me, I can be like, I'm watching this thing and I have this like weird insight into how this got made, even though I know nothing about how it actually got made. Because I can picture you talking to someone on the other side of the camera. Um, Yeah. And so it's always an event for me. So it doesn't, I'm not looking for a specific film, right? Right. Like it's the process of going to the movies. Yeah. Like these are like all of the movies I am like looking forward to for themselves. I'm kind of going to put yours aside because it's kind of its own special category. But the other four, like I'm like, yeah, I really liked Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I have a soft spot for Doctor Strange. I, you know, Black Panther and Wakanda, that's really important. Thor Love and Thunder, that's probably going to be pretty fucking like off the walls and fun. But um, on the other hand, if someone was adapting Persuasion uh, by Jane Austen, I think that would pop up onto the list and knock any of them out. Not because any particular love or hate for either movie necessarily um but because what it really is is i just basically told everyone some of the best dates i'm gonna have this year with gracie right like Mm -hmm. that's sort of what these are for me and maybe someday in realizing this i should go back to film festivals if i want to see films like that again um but it's it's a thing it's not it's not the the art form you know yeah yeah no yeah that that makes sense 
And I think that's definitely something that we're definitely struggling to hold on to, I think, in the industry, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like a form of practice, like something that I always get reminded of is like, when you're making a movie, think about how it's going to project on a big screen. And I don't think necessarily a lot of folks think about that unless they're like really, really hoping that they'll play at a festival, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's partially because of, you know, the technology switch, right? Partially. The other mode of it is just like content today is so much more consumable and in a lot of ways disposable. Yeah. And movies, you know, a disposable movie does not sit well with anyone. Uh, And I think like that's probably why, I mean, that is why Marvel movies do so well is because they don't feel disposable. There's so much, you know, there is so much leading up to it that makes it so much fun to watch. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think about that a lot. And I, and I think that was a really good point that you brought up today. Something I was not expecting for us to talk about, but I think, you know, I, I thought it was going to be like a usual listicle episode, but, but, but no, we ended up getting into some real deep stuff about, you know, the industry that I work in and I the industry of which like, more. what? I want to talk about it more. Yeah, no, we should do another episode just about this stuff. Cause it's like, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting because like you have, you know, like almost everyone in, in today's age has latent film knowledge on how mm-hmm. to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really big contributor to why people go watch movies versus just straight up like seeing a trailer and being really enticed. Movie making isn't so mystical anymore. It's pretty tactile. It's something that like anyone can do. And I think that in a lot of ways makes it both harder to make movies, but also you can lean into that, right? There's a way to lean into it. It's why I think we see a lot more, we see a lot more, really, really, really big movies. And we see a lot more really, really, really tiny movies because Mm -hmm. now those stories of like really big blockbusters, like the Lord of the Rings style movies, making it on the skin of their teeth and indie filmmakers to making something really phenomenal with so little become like even more enticing. Right. And it's, it's like a narrative within a narrative, which is interesting. I will say it does certainly feel like you either need to be on such a shoestring budget, you know, like the Blair Witch Project um, yeah. or Paranormal Activity, the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, we did this with $50,000 and made $100 million, you know, or yeah. you have to be Avengers Endgame, like with the budget and then the profits, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's- I feel like it's really hard to be a, mid, a mid-range movie. I think that's yeah. really difficult. Yeah, we don't see a lot of those anymore. And a lot of those directors, like the Noah Bombax and the Wes Andersons, they're making those movies because they're well-established. Right. No, you either have to, if you're going to be that person, you have to be an auteur, basically. Yeah. You have to be a name. Exactly. And that's like a really, I think, it's an interesting space to navigate as a filmmaker coming up in this new era of very, like, even of sort of smaller, more finite pockets of where I can land and knowing that I'm going to have a very different journey and trajectory than all these other folks and trying to navigate that space. Um, uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I think I want to sit on this topic and then come back to it because as the year progresses, I know that we'll probably talk about whatever projects I'm working on and we'll probably talk about whatever movies we've seen. I know it's one of our ideas to go watch a movie and then immediately come back and record, which I think maybe we should do that for some of these Marvel movies Uh, or find like an indie film that is playing at like Alamo Drafthouse or something Mm -hmm. Um, because that could be a lot of fun. or maybe I'll just visit and we can go watch the movie together. <laughs> any number, any number of things. We'll figure. Yeah. We will figure that out. No, exactly doubt about it. Yeah. On a real lateral note, though, here's an indie movie that I'm excited for to watch. That I don't know when it's going to come out, but mm-hmm. I'm excited that it's going to come out eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's Freddie Wong and Matt Arnold made an indie road trip sci, an existential sci-fi road movie huh. this past year uh, about a beekeeper and a, an EMT go into Seattle to go get um, a friend's car and a bunch of bees that got warped by a mysterious Cthulhu like, like tentacle that is on earth that has made the world post-apocalyptic and weird. It's like part comedy, part drama, part rom-com. And you know, if it's anything like, if it's anything like their previous work, it's going to be this interesting blend of all these things that we love in movies mm-hmm. and I'm excited. Uh, yeah. You gotta um, let me know how that is. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will, I'm sure I will procure a copy for us to watch. Um, cause yeah. Anyhow. Um, well this was a really good episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling it right now. It was a good app. Good app. Good, <laughs> good app. app. Good app. All right, that shit's and, back. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're back, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, alrighty, folks. Uh, you can follow the show at Dane and Derek. That's Dane, the letter N, and then Derek. Everywhere we're on Twitter, Instagram. We don't really post there, but follow us. Maybe we'll post something funny. Um, and then you can see what movies I'm making on my website, DerekAiello.com. There's a really great photo of me eating a sandwich on there. If that's nice. more enticing than be than my movies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at danewrites.com. Uh, there's links uh, not only to my writing, uh, which is on Substack, but uh, to my podcast, to music, uh, and my Twitter, which I don't remember the last time I went on that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That, is, yeah. that feels good. That's a and, really good thing. But yeah, anyways, you can go find it all there. Sounds good. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you all for hanging out with us this week, and we'll see you next time. Catch you later.